Let's talk about goalies from the 90s. Well, Martin Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, Curtis Joseph, Grant Fuhr was still around. Grant Fuhr is the topic of a great story. Don Van Massenhoven, who's from Strathroy, held a charity softball tournament year after year after year. And he would get a lot of great memorabilia for it. And they would have a silent, or not a silent, they'd have a silent auction and a live auction. And, and so this memorabilia was was some of the best at the time that you could find. And Don tells a story of being in a playoff game. So in a playoff game, and I think the St. Louis Blues were winning 3-2, and Grant Fewer was in goal for St. Louis. And there's a face-off in the St. Louis zone. There's about two minutes left. St. Louis is winning by a goal. And all of a sudden, Don starts hearing, Hey, Mass! Mass! Where's this coming from? Mass! It was Grant Fewer. He looks over and he says, Hey, come see me after the game. I've got a, I've got a stick and some other things for your charity auction this summer. That's Grant Fuhr. Never got too high, never got too low. Playoff game, no. He'd seen it all by then anyway. So he was definitely a goalie of the 80s on into the 90s. Let's talk a little bit more about a new documentary that is one hockey fans will want to see from the score. National hockey writer John Mattis joins us. John, how are things? Hey, Mike, that was quite the intro, and yeah. You make a good point where, like, you take any goalie from that era, 80s and 90s, and there's there's a ton of stories. So that's what we're trying to accomplish. The podcast is called When Goalies Were Weird, and we really zero in on that era of goaltending, the different facets, you know, how fantastic these goalies were in the first place with the way that they played, how they changed the position, their superstitions, you know, how they fought and they tried to score goals, all that kind of stuff. So you've got a six-part podcast series on this that will act kind of documentary style as to how everything went for goalies. Okay, the changing of the position. I'm eager to to hear what you kind of tapped into because how much do you feel the position changed over that time? Well, it was pretty significant. I mean, there were guys in the 70s and 80s that played the butterfly style or had some version of it. Um, but they're kind of ridicule, ridiculed or just seen as like the, the strange goalies or the ones that were kind of doing something wacky. So that was, you know, Tony Esposito, uh, Glenn Hall back in the day. But for the most part, coming out of the 80s and moving into the 90s, it was a lot of stand-up guys. So basically they would, they would cover the top half of the net pretty well because they're standing up straight. But the bottom half was, was left pretty exposed. And guess what? That's where a lot of the goals are scored you know, back then and now. Um, so Francois Allaire, a legendary goalie coach, ended up coaching Patrick Waugh. And that's sort of the inflection point in terms of the position going from a stand-up dominant uh, position in terms of the technique to butterfly because there was just something magical there with Allaire and the way he looked at the position, his philosophies, you know, these ideas he had. And then with Waugh, uh, the connection there with, you know, his cat-like reflexes, he was a bigger goalie, at least for that time. Now he would be actually considered, like, average. Um, you know, he was eager to learn. Um, so they really got on the same page. And Waugh, since then, has been the poster boy of, of the butterfly position. And, you know, he's associated with it so deeply because him, him, him and Alaire were kind of in lockstep. 
and Alaire obviously moved on and, and did a bunch of um, goalie work across the NHL. And, and Waugh, you know, the amount of goalies that came out of Quebec after Waugh because they, they saw this guy doing something uh, different is, is pretty amazing. So if you're going to sort of point to one person, or in this case two, it's definitely Alaire and Waugh. We're talking with John Mattis from The Score about a six-part podcast series which is going to look into goaltending in the 90s. And Francois Allaire has to be the first household name that was a goaltending coach. It was one thing to learn all the names of the goalies. Then you had to start learning names of goalie coaches. Now there are quite a few out there that are well-known, some of them who used to be National Hockey League goalies, but there's one that wasn't even an NHL goalie. And yet, if you say Francois Allaire, if somebody follows hockey, they know him. Yeah, another guy and who we talked to for the Dominic Hasek episode, which is dropping on Monday, and I should just say while we're – you know, in conversation here, the podcast is on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. There's a trailer up right now, so you can get a kind of a sneak peek. Uh, so just check that out on your pod player. And so the guy who we focus on with, with Hashik, at least in terms of the goalie coach, is Mitch Korn. And he, again, it, some of this just has to do with, you know, being a good, good colleague or finding that, that person that you really connect with because Korn and Hashik really hit it off. And the main thing there was that Korn was just trying to polish what Hashik was. He was this acrobatic, you know, the word unorthodox is always thrown out there. Um, very flexible. He would flop around the crease. Korn was fine with him doing that. Like, Hashik was told time and again before he met Korn, like, he got to change his style. This is never going to work in the NHL. But then Korn is accepting of it. And he just says, hey, let's tweak a couple things. We're not going to change your style because, hey, you saved the puck. So he's another guy. Korn's moved on, and, and you know, I don't have the, the names in front of me, but he's become synonymous with a lot of excellent goalies. Like, you know, Braden Holt becomes the mine, and just a lot over the year. He's certainly a guy that should be in the Hall of Fame soon. And obviously, we're just coming off the Hall of Fame announcements, or inductions, I should say. Um, and... There's, there's there's a place there, or there should be a place there, for goalie coaches and for scouts. That's a, a hill I'm willing to die on in terms of two, two underserved communities in the hall. We're talking with John Mattis. What is the official name of the podcast series? Uh, when Goalies Were Weird. <laughs> when and, and Goalies also, Were Weird. So that's what you search on your favorite podcatcher. I go. love that and you have... point out, Goalies are still weird, and they were weird before the 90s well but we felt like you know calling it when goalies were extra weird or weirder would have been a, a strange title so uh, we, we think it's catchy we think it captures uh, the moment that was the 90s and you know it, it's sort of a way in to talk about all these guys like it's not like we spend the entire episode digging into you know the way that ed belfour would would deconstruct equipment and you know, that's a part of it, a big part of it. But we also talk about his legacy. We talk about, you know, all these guys and, and their impact on the position. So it's kind of an ode to the position in a lot of ways with uh, with a focus on, on these these stars and these, these very unique individuals. Well, how great is it you have an entire episode on Dominic Hasek? Because if you were looking at styles, can you put anybody else even in that category in terms of style? Oh, yeah, he, he's just like Dominic Hasek. You don't hear that. 
No, and there's a line in uh, the Hashik episode where uh, I believe it's Kirk Mulpey who he played with with Detroit, and he just kind of says, like, Hashik was literally one of a kind. I mean, you didn't send your kid to goalie school with the hopes that he'll become Dominic Hashik, right? It's always, okay, you know, play the butterfly, and, and, you know, maybe one day you'll turn into Patrick Law, son. It's not, you know, let's learn how to be Hashik because no one could. No one could figure it out. He was abnormally flexible, for one. And two, he had this this insane intelligence. That's kind of like the, uh, not misconception, but it's kind of forgotten with his style, is that people think, oh, he's just flopping around. Oh, he's getting lucky. Oh, he, you know, he does these things just to make the highlight reel. It's like, no, he, he's very intelligent. He's he's basically tempting the shooter to, uh, to try that, you know, top shelf um, shot. Um, but he's he's already knows you know how he's going to save it. So he's very sort of uh, rhythmic and and very just uh, very much a mad scientist in terms of the, of the position. So Hashik is uh, is the first episode for a reason. I mean he's he's just a guy that that has so much uh, to him in terms of off the ice and his personality and then the type of goalie he was. Like I said, one of a kind, unorthodox, uh, just really. Um, Hard to put into words how unique he was and also how great he was, arguably the greatest of all time. When goalies were weird, we are talking with John Mattis. It is the name of a six-part podcast series that has been put together, focusing in on a lot of goalies of the 90s. There's the story of uh, Red Wings practice wrapping up, and there was one shooter on the ice with a whole lot of pucks. There was Dominic Hasek in net, and he didn't have his stick. And you had the player winding up and just firing pucks, and Hasek was taking most of them off his head. And somebody said, what is going on out there? And it was, well, Hasek wants to make sure he knows because he's going to see a guy wind up, and a puck's going to come screaming at his head. He wants to make sure he knows what to do, and I don't know how much truth there is to that one, but you talk mad scientist, that was it. John, any other stories that stand out to you about goalies of the 90s that make goalies of the 90s the thing to focus in on? Yeah, well, well, first of all, I'll say about that Hashik anecdote you brought up. We don't talk about that specific one where he doesn't have a stick, but uh, there is a part in the episode where we go on and on about how he actually told his teammates to shoot at his head. Like, he wanted to know what it felt like. Like, it, it sounds crazy. And then he also told me, because we interviewed him as well, he told me, I also would make those saves in the game, so I want to kind of get used to it, right? I want to, you know, use it as a weapon, so to speak, my head. So there were a few teammates that, that kind of shook their head as they, they were called, you know, taking a million shots at this guy. And at certain points, he tells them, to shoot for his head or his shoulders or whatever, like keep it high. Whereas other goalies are like, don't you dare hit me in the head. So, so that's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, in terms of another story, um, well, this is, you know, Curtis Joseph is the subject of our fifth episode. And he's kind of a, a fascinating case where off the ice, you know, just man to man, you know, over a beer, very normal person, very down to earth. Like in terms of the quote unquote weirdness of him, it has nothing to do with his personality. Um, it's mostly, you know, the way he played the puck. He did that weird sort of backhand uh, clearing uh, method. And then also he, he got fired up a few times too, as, as your listeners, listeners will remember, the Mick Magoo uh, 
call that went against him, and then he falls and, and takes the ref out, and that was a famous incident. And then there was also one that we get into in the podcast where Shane Doan uh, <laughs> ended up in this international controversy because uh, Cujo, Curtis Joseph, who was on his team at the time with the Arizona Coyotes, I guess Phoenix Coyotes, was so just furious at the refs, going at them at the end of a game, just, you know, losing it. And Shane Doan said, hey, listen, Curtis, like there's four refs here or uh, officials. Uh, they're, they're all French-Canadian. We're not going to win this argument when we're playing the Habs. And so that somehow turned into this big international incident. I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but like, he was. it ended up at the House of Commons because everyone thought that he was being, I don't know, racist or xenophobic or whatever. But, like, Doan was just sort of laying out the facts, like trying to calm Curtis Joseph down. So I thought that was uh, that was a pretty interesting anecdote where, like, Doan gets in this gigantic mess, this huge ordeal that lasts literally like a couple of years because it got brought up again when he became captain of, of Canada. Um, and, yeah, it, it comes down to Joseph and him losing his, his uh, mind every once in a while on the refs. So, that's just a little nugget that comes to mind immediately. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to it. First episode, all about Dominic Hasek drops on Monday. When goalies were weird, have a search around your favorite podcatcher or your favorite podcast service, and you'll be able to find it. John, always great to chat. Thanks so much for this, and have a great weekend. No, thanks to you, and, uh, yeah, have a fantastic weekend, Mike. Cheers. That is John Mattis. Senior hockey writer for The Score. 